Welcome to Talking Mopars episode number 68. Today's show is part one of the three-part replay of the live stream my friends and I recorded for Talking Mopars Direct Connections live number two on Facebook. I was joined by my friends Johnny Mopar, Matt from the Madfro Monroe on Big Blocks Garage podcast, Blake from DIYHemi.com, and Braden from 66 Salvage Restoration. Like always, we had a great time talking Mopars, and yeah, we may have gone off the rails several times, thanks to me, but all in all, it was a fun three hours. Yes, three freaking hours. That's why this is part one of three. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth, and I'm your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopars, Direct Connections, live. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. And we are live. Hello, Facebook. My name is Chris Albrecht. This is my friend Matt Monroe, host of Big Blocks Garage. And we're here live on Direct Connections. This is Talking Mopars, Direct Connections Live, number two. We did the first one. We're still waiting on a couple guys. Johnny Mopar's late. Um, I'm massively late. This was supposed to happen <laughs> at 7.30, but that's not the way it worked out. And we'll tell you a little bit why, but a lot of that's going to be explained on part two of buying a used scat pack for the Talking Mopars podcast. Um, I don't know if you caught the first episode, but if you haven't, I just talk about, you know, looking at used scat packs and how not to get screwed. But that's what we're talking about on the next episode of Talking Mopars. But today we're doing a Direct Connections Live, and these will also be released as podcast episodes. And we have another guest coming onto the, str the stream, Blake from DIY Hemi. Blake, how's it going, buddy? There we go. It's a little better. Blake, we're live. So I, we're still waiting on Johnny Mopar, but we're going to go ahead and kick off the intro. So my name is Chris Albrecht. That's Matt Monroe. That's Blake Anderman. Johnny Mopar is nowhere to be found right now. And this is Direct Connections Live. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, <laughs> what's going on, guys? How's it going? You know, eventful day. Event oh, there's Johnny Mopar. Perfect timing. Johnny, let's bring him in. We'll do another intro for everybody. How's it going? Johnny Mopar. What's Josh? up, fellas? All right. Guys, this is Johnny Mopar. He's later than I am now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's, uh, let's go around the room. Um, Matt, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell people where they can find you. We'll get this out of the way now. Hey guys, I'm Matt Monroe. Uh, I host the YouTube channel Big Blocks Garage, and I have a podcast called Buddy Is Mine under Mad Fro Monroe on Big Blocks Garage. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and hate to admit it, we're even on TikTok. <laughs> Me too. Oops. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, all right, Braden. Braden, what's up, dude? He's in the chat. Um, Johnny, go ahead. Uh, I'm Who are you? Mopar. Where are you from? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Johnny Mopar. I have a YouTube channel called Johnny Mopar. Uh, wrench on all my own Mopars and 
hopefully have some tips for you guys. If you guys are wrenching on your own cars, it's, uh, it's worth watching me and just seeing what I'm doing and maybe you'll learn something. Um, I guess that's it. <laughs> Johnny Mopar, Matt Monroe, and last, but most certainly not least, Blake, you're up, buddy. Hey, Blake Anderman, DIY, Hemi. Um, I like Mopars and I like Hemis. Is this a, about, uh, about it? Is this some? We, this is Mopars Anonymous now. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> Mopars. I, I like. <laughs> yeah. That's actually. So I'm going to go ahead and might... stand up for first. <laughs> Chris, you're so late. I'm addicted to Mopar. Yeah, Blake's probably already drunk. He, he waited so long for you guys. I mean, my beer is <laughs> half empty already. So <laughs> I'm late for this meeting because of my Mopar addiction. And, you know, let, let me just tell this story Which one? really quick. All of them. <laughs> so if you guys listen to the podcast regularly, Mark, hello, Bubba, hello. Um, if you guys listen to the podcast regularly, my last episode was talking about buying a used scat pack. And uh, so far, I'm 0 for 2. And uh, today I had, okay, so I have the money, have the money go down to the dealership, but I've been working this deal for like two or three days on text message and everything seems like it's going good. And I finally see some numbers where I'm like, okay. And the wife said, yes. So when the wife says, yes, it's cool. You just, okay, pack up the kids, get, get them. Let's go. Let's get this car, go down there. And it's a little weird because first of all, I want to drive the car and they're like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. So I'm already suspicious, but the car looks clean. It's got 19,000 miles. It's a 2019 Dodge Charger Scat Pack. It's black. Looks really good. It's the Brass Monkey Edition, whatever the hell that is. And it uh, it was everything I wanted. I was like, okay, this is cool. We can work with this. But they weren't letting me drive it. They weren't letting me take it for a test drive. And then they started, instead of, I had already worked the deal. So why aren't they putting the numbers in front of my face? You know, and saying, are these cool? Let's get this show on the road because I don't want to be there all night. And I knew my bank was closing to actually, you know, finalize everything. So to make a long story short, and I'll go into a little bit more depth on the podcast, but uh, I keep in mind, I already had finance. I already had the money. I basically had a check. Okay. So what they did was they took a bunch of my information and my wife's information and they ran another credit check on both of us because this is a trick that dealers will do. And I'll end it at this. They will, even if you are pre-qualified or pre-approved, they will still run your credit if they are shady because what they can do is they can say, okay, say you had my interest rate was 4.74. Okay. They're going to go find one that you qualify for, for maybe 2%. And then they're going to look, you got 4.74 here, but we found you one for 4%. And you're going to be like, oh, that's, that's savings. But what they're doing is they're putting that extra 2% in their pocket because we were negotiating, negotiating, and <laughs> they're so sneaky because they like to move money around. I said, hey, just take X amount off the price. You got a deal, I'll come by the car. So then they send me another little sheet and they said, oh, so we took a 150 from there, took 300 from this number here, and we moved that around. And I'm like, what is the number you are discounting the car? That's all I need to know. And it, it was shady from the get-go. I should have seen the writing on the wall, but I wanted the car, stupid me. But so that's it. I, I ended up, <laughs> we're sitting there waiting for the waiting for the paperwork and stuff. And all of a sudden my wife and I are sitting there, our daughter's getting restless. I haven't eaten in 13 hours. <laughs> and because mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm so excited about this damn car. <laughs> and uh, 
all of a sudden my wife starts getting alerts on her phone and she gets a phone call from a credit union at what time was it six o'clock at night and she's like what the what's this and the salesman was right there she it was a lady salesman she, she hasn't been selling cars for very long so she was a little inexperienced so i think the sales manager was kind of working her like this is how the business is this is how we can discount a car but still make that money back up here you know mm -hmm. so my wife gets this and if you guys knew my wife she does she puts up with zero bullshit. i don't know how i've made it this long <laughs> she, <laughs> she uh man she was as soon as she said that and i was like you guys ran our credit again after i told you we were already pre-approved i got a, I, w I was seeing red because at this point it was going to be well past my daughter's bedtime we've been sitting in this i tried to make it so that we could just go in and get out give me the car and get out and yeah. i i did end up driving it <laughs> i took it for a spin real quick okay cool and I, I was thinking to myself why don't you guys let me drive the car they wanted to run my credit and see you know they wanted to pause and stall they were stalling because it was in the showroom the car was in the showroom they're like oh yeah we got to get the car out of the showroom we don't just let anybody you know jump in these high performance cars i was like hey the last dealership i went to they tossed me the keys and said hey, go, go drive it <laughs> you know so i got up said my piece as respectfully as i could and my wife had a, a nice mic drop but we'll get into that in the actual podcast but anyways that was my night that's why i'm late i apologize to everybody who's like where the hell is this guy he said 7 30 he's a liar <laughs> we're here now and uh first of all guys i apologize uh that should have never happened i tried to make it as easy as possible because i wanted the car and it just didn't work out and now i have egg all over my face so that's it that's what's on my mind right now i'm trying to cool down but like i was telling matt earlier i was like man i haven't eaten in like 13 or 14 hours and i wanted to drink i really wanted to drink but i'm scared of what would happen on an empty stomach so you guys you know i was the only one drinking last time so you guys have some fun this time i'm gonna watch this chat what is on all of your mind what do you got going on what's happening fellas who's going um first? i'm trying to uh crunch to make mo party in time as you can see blake who challenged me to some races is sitting there with a finished car and mine has a giant hole in the side it's so, not finished they're never finished <laughs> man that's more finished than that thing back there <laughs> you can so, do it I mean, man we're trying, i'm rooting for you oh we're i i was trimming fours out today the driver's side is already trimmed out so we're about to start doing all the body work in like the next three weeks probably Sweet. That's awesome. Now, I know you told me what you're going to paint the car, but can you uh, let all your fans know what color you're going to paint the car? Oh, man. So it's a little bit of a copy because I'm a huge fan of the crop duster just because it gave me inspiration to be able to finish this car. So we're going to go back factory tour red on this car. Somebody painted orange in its life somewhere. Uh, we're going back factory tour red, and then we're going to do the flat black high performance package style paint job on the hood and along the drip rails and everything else. Nice. And then I'm running some foos wheels on it and then all black interior. I mean, I just really like a good red and black car. That's just, this is how I am. Yeah. They're nice. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And, uh, you're, you, you have to do some, what kind of high performance things are you going to add to the car to beat that AAR Cuda that's sitting behind Blake at Mo Party? Uh, a very heavy foot, because that's about all I got. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We need to explain what's happening here because nobody knows about this challenge that's going on. So, oh, that is on, true. Step, step true. up, somebody, and tell them about this back. challenge. 
<laughs> see, see, folks, we have a private chat. Uh, me and these guys, we chat all the time, and uh, they talk me off ledges and all sorts of fun stuff. But we're trying to make it to Mo Party, and if you guys don't know what Mo Party is, it's they just had their first annual one last year, what September, and it was a huge success oh. in the midst of yeah. the pandemic and all that. Um, it was a huge success, and so now three of us are gonna. Try to make it out there. I know two of us for sure are, and that's <laughs> Matt and Blake. Johnny, Johnny and I may be MIA. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get out there. Um, which it's looking promising now that I didn't spend a bunch of money on a car. Uh, there you go, <laughs> Johnny. Johnny, maybe I'll pay for your flight out there. <laughs> hey, now you're talking. <laughs> I'm. Hey, don't tempt me, dude. I might. Um, oh, go ahead, Matt. Matt or Blake, tell them. Tell them what the challenge is. So, so uh, Chris Maddox, who just commented down there at the bottom, he's gonna—he's here with me, and he's one of my co-hosts on Mad Fro Monroe. Uh, we're go- hoping to hop in the duster and road trip to Bowling Green, Kentucky, and Blake wants to throw down on some drag racing and some road rallies, and hopefully, it comes out pretty good. That's it. I, the challenge. The it's challenge. Be fun. Blake, Blake, where do you stand? Talk some shit to Matt right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just joking. I just I feel like that's gonna like do me in, you know. Like I, I'll talk some <laughs> some mad shit, and then I'll have egg all over my face, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go to like the the starting line, and they're gonna drop the flag, and the thing's gonna fall on its face, and everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, it's so cute." <laughs> Bring it back home. Oh uh, yeah, uh, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I love a good friendly a friendly challenge it's going to be fun a body versus e body it's going to be a good time i can't wait for that we so for everybody watching if you guys have a microphone headphones you're more than welcome to come join us on the chat you know we'll boot your ass if you're not you know if you're get out of line good to boot you but we're bringing on Braden from 66 salvage restoration speed shop what's up Braden? Braden, introduce yourself buddy tell everybody who you are what you do What's going on, guys? What's up, buddy? What's up, man? Uh, I'm the ugly guy, and I work on cars for a living. <laughs> <laughs> no, my name is uh, Braden. I am the founder and owner of 66 Salvage Restoration Speed Shop. Hey, so where is that at? So speed dreams come alive and happen. That's my whole mission. Where's your shop? Uh, in Clinton, Illinois. Okay. Right on. How far in is that away Clinton, from Chicago? Illinois. I'm actually up here at the shop right now, actually. How far are you from Chicago? Uh, it's only about an hour and 45 minutes. Okay. Cool, man. What are you, what are you working on these days? What do you got in the shop right now? Uh, I had a customer's vehicle moved out, and all I've got in the shop right now is the truck, which is known as the Beast, that I talked about with everybody last time, oh, except yeah. I wasn't on the live video. Video, so okay yeah yeah you were in the chat you joined us chat so and, the uh, uh stroker mud bog so that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell so it's a mud bog that's what we were talking about last how are you time, guys right? doing i'm good excellent I'm, yes yeah yep the okay hey Braden, so are you don't hooked mind up? me are, just having a brew no, no worries, buddy. Hey, are you hooked up through Wi-Fi or a direct line? You guys having a problem hearing me? Uh, you're breaking up. Is that what's your going connection's on? A little, you're breaking up. Your connection is a little uh, um, glitchy. Hold on. Let me... 
All right, hold on just a minute. All right, no problem. We're, we're going to continue. Johnny Mopar, what do you got going on, dude? Uh, man, all kinds of stuff. But today I worked on our uh, 383 that's going into the club car, which is our very ugly uh, 66 <laughs> Belvedere four-door that has a poly 318 right now. Um, I just put a flex plate on the 383. So I'm pretty, pretty anxious to get that thing bolted together and get it on the run stand and fire it up, break in the cam, get it ready to go. Um, of course, I still have to work on my duster. The brakes are still a little kind of, I don't know, not all there. I'm hoping that something's just come loose in the back brakes, but I just haven't had time to pull it apart and have a look at it. And I want to get that car up to speed so I can start taking that to the track. And if you guys saw the videos, I, I did take our club car, Dorothy, to uh, Verona and ran it down the track. So that was pretty fun, even though it was super super slow <laughs> but uh it was a good time so if anybody's out there thinking about running at the track you should do it it's a good experience even if you're not very fast so um let's see what else i gotta get back on my mom's car um just real quick my mom had a little health issue a couple of weeks ago and it's kind of uh freaky scary and, oh, wow. and she, she, she's still not 100 percent. but i really got to get back on her 72 charger and get that thing back together so she can she can drive it you know so the pressure is on i'm sorry to hear about your mom man hope she hope she's doing oh, thank okay. you yeah, yeah, she's doing better. She's doing better. It was kind of a scare. We thought um, at first I thought maybe she got COVID. Turns out my sister got it and she hangs out with my mom a lot. And then, uh, yeah, and then I thought because I had gone over to get some toolboxes from my dad, he had given me and my son was up by my mom. So I thought, and here we go. You know, is it going to spread oh, no. through the house? But turns out she des- tested negative, but they had a, my dad rushed her to the ER she had trouble breathing and stuff and um she ended up having blood clots in her lungs oh no. so she's on a breathing machine she's staying at my sister's right now so hopefully she'll oh, get yeah. back to 100 percent and hopefully get her car done as fast as possible yeah. so she can absolutely you know man. go for a run in it yeah god so, yeah you know absolutely that covid thing man i get i know so many people that are like i don't know anybody that's got, there's people that have covid is real folks if you think it's fake yeah. it's not fake it may be overblown you know there may be some stuff there but it's real you know uh, but that's all we'll, we'll that's all we'll just leave it at that but yeah, yeah johnny I, mean, I hope your mom gets better buddy you know, that's well, thank you it's unfortunate thank you yeah on the covid thing i you know I, at first i was kind of wavering too it's like i'm not going to really jump take one position or the other, you know, just kind of paying attention and seeing what's going on. But yeah. I can tell you at work, man, it's, we've had it spread through work like crazy. And there's at least one person that I know of that was a really cool person and she doesn't work there anymore, but she passed away. Unfortunately, she had diabetes and she caught it and she passed. Oh no! So yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. It's, it's out there. It's underlying health issues, man. Like I, yeah. I, uh, I started, my wife is on a detox and cleanse and this isn't a health podcast, <laughs> but, uh, I, at being supportive, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll help you. I'll, I'll, I'll join in with you. You know, we'll do this together. And, uh, it's been tough, but everything I've read says that could help boost your immune system. And I take vitamins every day. So, I, and I'm a garbage man. 
and I'm I'm kind of a germaphobe yeah. too. Could you could imagine being in a garbage truck and a germaphobe? It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I remember one day I stepped in dog shit. <laughs> I stepped in dog shit. Right, I'm a garbage truck driver. It shouldn't bother me, dude. I was I was livid. So I and the area I service <laughs> at work has a lot of money. You're talking million dollar homes. You know, I live in the Northwest where you know everybody's Google, Amazon. <laughs> yeah. I snuck up to one of these nice houses and I used their faucet to wash the shit off the bottom of my boot. <laughs> I, I didn't feel bad about it at all. <laughs> oh. oh, hey, Dan. Dan Streeter, my buddy. Um, he says uh, they're trying to shop your loan. Yeah, I figured that out pretty quick. Um, I thought I could trust them. You know, I, I told them. I, I didn't try to hide the fact that I was pre-approved, dude. <laughs> I said, I got the money. Let's figure out the price. And if I'm being honest, I, okay. <laughs> I offer them $7,000 less than they're asking. <laughs> and uh, they're like, well, we can't move that much on it. And I was like, well, I know that. This is where you counter. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They must not understand a cheap ass Mopar guy, but <laughs> they found one. <laughs> but, and I had the money. I was just trying to, you know, the more I could save, the more I could pocket, you know, for fun yeah. stuff. And for so sure. I had a plan and we actually had a number where I, cause I had some cash set aside to put down and cause I knew it would probably come to that. But, uh, <laughs> they, they, up dude i'll tell you that but yeah they're gonna they really as far as dan says uh they will try to get you to focus on the payment number because they can work some other numbers to manip manipulate the payment that's actually 100 correct the way they do the four square and stuff i explained that on the last podcast but this this way i was pre-approved for a certain amount i ran all the numbers there's a really cool i wish i remembered it off the top of my head but there's this car loan calculator tool online it's free you go in there you put in your sales price you put in the price of your trade your negative equity and you know you put in your sales tax and all that stuff and it will tell you how much you're paying throughout the life of the loan it'll tell you what the principal is and with the pre-approval they'll say oh we're only going to give you x amount over the amount that we think the car's worth so they gave me that amount i calculated out the 15 extra percent so i had a little bit of room to work and uh i was ready to go dude i was ready to buy that car they oh my god they were close uh, but hey there's more scat packs out there we're not talking about an aar cuda or something you know what <laughs> I mean? we're not talking about a duster with its quarter panel ripped off you right know what I mean? <laughs> hey, that's precision cutting <laughs> man i uh i i need to start cutting on my shit dude <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what i need to do but what else is on your guys's mind well i'll tell you what i a friend of mine chris um Chris Field, who's who owns Motec over here locally to me, he's got a he's got a scat pack, a two thousand twenty twenty Charger scat pack, wide body, and uh, we're at we're at my other friend's Dennis's house where we're working on the Belvedere, and he shows up in this freaking beautiful blue scat pack, and hands me the keys and says, "Go go try it out." And I'm like, man, I don't know. Are you sure? And he goes, yeah. So another buddy jumped in the car with me and we took it out for a drive. And of course, I'm here in California, so it's very crowded. There's, it's not like you're going to get out on the highway and, you know, hit some high numbers. But I could tell you driving the car, we got onto a freeway, which kind of has like a loop, the on-ramp loops around. And then you could kind of boogie as you're coming down onto the freeway. And I romped on it and it's like, holy shit, man, that thing is just like effortless power. Um, I mean, we hit a hundred and then I got out of it, you know, and it's like, uh, it's, that's good enough for me. But 
you know, I think we were kind of all talking about the difference between old school Mopars and newer Mopars. And I could tell you, it, it it's really like a different genre. I mean, it's just, you know, there's really not a competition where like one is better than the other. They're just way different. You can make arguments depending on what things you want or need that you can call better or not. I could tell you. Like his car is what 485 horsepower. Um, I'll be happy if my duster's making that kind of power. <laughs> I I don't think it is, but let's just say let's just say it was the same. It's probably making like 450 or so. Now there's fr- if I owned a Scat Pack, there's friends and Chris is Chris Field is one of them. I would hand the keys to and say, go test drive that car. And feel totally comfortable doing it. I would not hand my keys to anybody for my duster. Not because I don't trust them. It's just that that car is not capable of sticking to the road like that scat pack is. <laughs> I mean, it is freaking insane. Like, you could do that. That 100 miles an hour in that that little loop getting on the freeway, it was like the car was just planted to the road. I mean, oh, yeah. It, it, you were in complete control. You're hugged by the seat. I mean, the car's just, it's not going anywhere, you know. But my duster, I think it would have been doing some loops, you know, spinning out if I tried that same thing in that same car, you know. It's just, it's just not the same. Oh, you're duster right, is cool. It's raw. It's freaking power. It's craziness. It sounds badass, you know. It, it sounds like it's going to rip your heart out, but uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like not not as safe and stable as that scat pack is. Probably not even making as much power as that scat pack is. Badass car. They are uh, the electronics. The electronics in these new cars and the technology is just so crazy. But I don't like comparing old versus new. You know, yeah. unless it's just for fun. But like the shit talking, I'll never get that. You know, they're two different cars. They you know, are. The, the new ones are awesome and amazing. And the old ones, I mean, there's nothing needs to be said about those. You know, if you don't like the old school yeah. Mopar muscle cars, then sell your new Mopar and get the fuck out. Because yeah. we don't want you. In- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm guilty. I'm that guy. I'm that old school guy. I like the old school cars, right? And and we have a car show local to me. Um at the school for the deaf in Riverside, uh, put on by Inland Mopars. Uh, anyway, it's called Mopars in May. And, you know, I've been going to that show for years and it's almost always old school Mopars, but then they kind of died out. They moved to other places. It, it got kind of disrupted. And then they went back to that same location and it was like half the car show was new stuff and half the, the other half was old school stuff. And, I didn't really have much interest in walking the new school stuff. You know, I mean, I hate to say it. I hate to be that guy, but it was like you kind of saw the same thing over and over. It's like, ah, oh, there's Chargers, ah, oh, there's Challengers. We, we even had one guy. He's like, oh, check out this car, you know, and me and my buddy are, you know, he's like, you see anything different about it? And we're looking at it and it's like, okay, we give what? what is it? And he's like, Oh, it's got, you know, and I, I don't remember the years, but it's like, it's got like a 2017 front and back clip or on an older challenger or something like that. And it's like, how am I supposed to know that? Like how they're the, it's the same body. You're never, you're never going to be able to tell that, you know? <laughs> so I'm that guy, but 
I, I got to tell you, man, when I drove that car, it was like, holy shit, man, it's a badass car. Yeah, they're you know, they're cool. But one thing I said, I, and for anybody that is into newer Mopars that maybe you're listening to this or maybe you'll see it in the future. I'm not talking shit here, but I see a lot of what was happening in the because I grew up during the height of and I was starting to drive during the height of Fast and the Furious. And what I've seen over time is everybody's like, oh, Hondas aren't cool anymore. You know what I mean? Because at one time, maybe I thought a Honda was cool. You know, I like all cars. Sometimes I see a I knew a guy with a four door Accord that had close to 800 horsepower turbocharged. It was wow. <laughs> it it could keep up with leader bikes on the freeway. Thousand CC bikes, R ones, things like that. I mean, it was fast, fast as hell. And um, he had meth injection, uh, not the drug, <laughs> but he <laughs> uh, he had a cage in it. And it uh, from the outside, it appeared one hundred percent stock. The only thing that gave it away was um, the tires in front. He had some balloon tires in front, so he could actually get traction. But the thing was insane. So, like, when people talk shit about imports, I get it. There's a lot of rice-style cars that, you know, uh, any new Toyota could beat off the line, you know, and they've got a bunch of money in their Honda, and they're still going to get smoked. But um, <laughs> I see the I see the new Mopars taking on a lot of the same modifica- modifications as the imports, which, you know, if you want to create your own car, like, to have its own personality or whatever, I get it. You know, like I said, I'm not talking shit. But for me, like, when I go to a Mopar show, if it's just a bunch of stock car, I shouldn't say stock, if it's a bunch of these modern Mopars and all they have is like fancy lights, everybody's got the same lip spoiler, and I'd be lying if I said that I didn't think about putting a lip spoiler on that charger I tried to, I was like, it'd probably look pretty good with a front lip on it, <laughs> but uh, I would much rather go to a car show and see modern Mopars where if you pop the hood, oh, this one's got a Whipple on it. Oh, this one, you know, this one's got 175 shots of nitrous and it looks, I like the factory. So you don't really need, I mean, the cars look great. You know, sometimes these guys are overdoing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, hey, come on. What do you got to do? Just, I would like to have one and just have, you know, some stuff done under the hood. <laughs> you know, that way it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. If anybody pulls up, they think it's a stock scat pack or something. You got a Whipple. You know, you got a stroked out 6'4", 426 cubic inch Hemi with a Whipple on it. They don't even know. <laughs> that would be fun. But, you know, it's just, I, I like the fact that people are getting into Mopars, but there are certain things that annoy me, like... You know, these guys talking about scat packs, but they can't tell you the history of where the scat pack even comes from. It's like, hey, yeah. you know, know this stuff, dude. You know, I can't mm-hmm. really call you a real Mopar enthusiast. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got. I, I have that shirt in black and I'd wear it, but I got fat since <laughs> I bought it. So <laughs> I'm sure you guys don't want to see that. <laughs> Actually, my buddy Chris Field that owns that scat pack gave me the shirt. So if anybody wants a shirt like this, he's got some other shirts. Uh, just give him a little quick plug. It's called Straight Line Clothing uh, on Teespring. Oh, really? Right. He gave me the link. I don't know. I can't really do it here, but yeah. So check it out if you guys want some cool T-shirts. I'm going to have to charge him six ninety nine for that promo, Johnny. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Put it Mike, Mike Cobb. He's in the comments, so you can oh. <laughs> tell him in there. He's got Chris? the little hand waving. Yeah, Chris Field. Uh, I'll give you all my information later, buddy. You can PayPal me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes, Mike, you, know, you are right. Debadged Hellcat. Yeah. Sorry, I missed that. You know, well, when you kind of look at the old engines, for example, 
you know, you can pop a hood and know it's either a 426 or you could know it's a 340 or a 318 just by identifying either the carburetor that's on there or identifying the manifold. With these new cars, you kind of just lose sight of that because it's not really, they're not impressive when you pop the hood. Even if there is a Whipple on there, I, I don't know. I guess call me old school, but it's mm. just they miss the flare, if you know what I mean. When you, Especially when you pop the hood on an engine, that's the most thing that identifies a Mopar is the block itself. Yeah, it's kind of hard to. I mean, there's so much shit on top of the engines these days. It's like hard to even see the motor. But I, I'm sure I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that these guys, these guys that are really into these new Mopars probably – can tell i mean blake's yeah, probably one of those guys but like i we went and bought a well we we leased a new dodge truck uh, a 2000 i think it's a 19 uh my wife drives and they had a demon on the showroom floor and i've you know you're spending like like chris was doing earlier you spend a lot of time at the dealership when they're trying to work bullshit numbers and all that stuff and so i couldn't help but walk around the demon and it's like man i there's like cool stuff on there, you know, on the, on the, I believe it was on the, uh, supercharger. It had like a little demon engraved into it, which looked pretty bitching. I mean, there's a lot of little details that I probably couldn't rattle them off right away, but I'm sure those guys that are into those cars could probably go, Oh yeah, the demon's got this and it's got that. And, you know, like, like, like we do when we see a, a Hemi or a 340 car or something like that, you know, I don't know. What do you, can you Blake? Yeah, it's so it's a following just like us old school guys, you know, I try to bridge the gap as much as possible. But, you know, when you walk up to a car and there's some, you know, dead giveaway characteristics. So like um, you look at a scat pack, you know, right next to an RT, something like that, you know, a scat pack challenger next to an RT challenger, new, st new school stuff. And you, you look at over at the scat pack and you see the throttle body kicked off at like a 40 degree angle. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's going to probably be a six, four, you know, you look down and you see the, the, you know, from the factory, the coated Hemi uh, performance orange, engine block you know so that that's something kind of cool it's a tip of the hat to old school is and that six four block is painted hemi orange you know race yeah. hemi orange it's kind of a actually a dull hemi orange not like ev2 like you would think you know like the external paint job you know which is kind of funny side tangent you know that color was really kind of based off of you know the old school hemi oranges after they were kind of broken in so the paint faded a little bit and it's, it's kind of funny to see that <laughs> um but you there are some certain things that you can notice right away just looking at an engine uh there's casting numbers little things that you could look for and you could say oh man that thing has you know apache heads and you know which is 6.4 liter heads and the little nuances that demographic those people they know that like the back of their hands you know just like we know old school and it's really impressive to see oh man that thing has a, a hellcat red eye blower on it It has the larger blower on it you know it, it doesn't have just a standard you know displacement blower maybe it has the demon blower on it and they'll 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 call them those specific names because of say the, the volume the size of the blower they could point those things out yeah. uh you know very easily compared to some stuff you know we look at old school we say oh you know that's obviously that's a 440 oh that's a small block you know we could see those things they can do that too it's it's just um that that's what they they pine over just like the old school guys so it's yeah. uh you still have that passion there you still have that that same in-depth knowledge but as chris was saying you would hope 
that you do a little homework, a little history. Where did the scat pack originate from? Where where do we get some of these cool things? What what was the original Dodge Demon? You know, um, it was an it was a little a body terror man. It used to rip up the streets. They called it the Giant Killer. You know, so, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's kind of cool that they do that little throw. You know, they they throw a line to the old school, the history. They kind of they they've screwed it up. You know, here and there, like. Like I, I drive a dart for my daily driver, but it ain't nothing like an old school dart, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, I was just going to point out what Mike over here said, too. You know, he's got a buddy that can drive 300 miles, click off 970s and drive home with the AC on. It's like, yeah, it's kind of yeah, I can't say stuff. I can never I don't it'll it'll be a long time before I can ever say something like that with one of my old schools. But, you know, I still love my old schools. Don't don't miss my point. I love the new Mopars. I think oh, yeah. they're great. Yeah. I, I think they're amazing cars. I just I, I just feel like for certain people, it is the in trend, just like Hondas and imports. And they're yeah. they're following that tr- the exact same trend. Go look at a magazine. Go look at an import magazine from 2001. You're seeing the same thing on Mopars now. You're seeing the cheesy graphics on the side of these. I'm like, like I go on YouTube and I look up some things for scat packs and stuff, trying to get yeah. more familiar with the car because I really don't know that much about them. I'm no expert, so I'm trying to learn about these guys. I'm going to spend a shitload of money. I want to know about the car, and I go on there and I see the riciest shit. So, hey, if you're listening to the show, and the first thing you do to your modern Mopar is put a stupid graphic on the side. Hey, sell it. Sell it right now. Okay? The wraps, man. And our, Chris, in our area, it's the wraps. <laughs> you know, we'll go in the town. So, if I'll drive down, I'm, you know, maybe 45-minute drive from New Orleans. And uh, we'll go into the city, especially on Interstate 10. You know, anywhere from where my house is to New Orleans on Interstate 10 on any given trip, I will get blown by by quite a few Mopars. I, I love it. You know, I'm like, oh, they're going street racing. And I know exactly <laughs> where you're going. You're going to Alamonster Avenue. You're going to the pad. You're going to drop some cash. I know what you're doing. You know, and they just fly by. Vroom, vroom. I mean, flying, probably doing 100 plus on the interstate. And um, the wraps, they're all wrapped, you know, camouflage. They're wrapped in... Um, you know, street graphics, they're wrapped to yeah. make it look like fake rust. One guy had it wrapped to look like he ran over somebody, had fake blood down the side. <laughs> no, Lord, it's nuts. So check this out. That, oh, it's kind of funny because on the old school Mopars, I mean, unless you lived in the 70s, you probably don't know this, but those that same shit was happening in the 70s. <laughs> and every now and then you'll see like a car, a survivor car that's like sitting in a field somewhere and it's got like these crazy strobes down the side and you're like, what the hell were you smoking when you put that shit on the car? And, but, you know, and everybody gets those cars and they restore them, they always try to go back to stock or original yeah. paint jobs, factory colors, factory stripes on them and stuff. So if you were like born in, or I shouldn't say born, but if you were living in the 2000s, say you're in your 20s, 2000s and later, you never saw that stuff. So you kind of have this perception yeah. like, all those old school guys always kept their shit like clean and factory original, but no, 
that shit happened, man. That shit happened back in the day too, yeah. especially in the seventies when they jacked the ass yeah. up and yeah, yeah. different different levels. That I guess. was the I, acid I, flavor of the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> I had yeah. a guy used to pick on me. He used to say, "Man, you know why we used to do that back in the seventies?" And I said, "Man, I don't know what." Like, I'm, it's one of those guys you just like. What the hell is about to come out of your mouth? Right. It's like, well, everybody knows you run faster downhill. <laughs> like that, that literally makes no sense whatsoever that's, that's true man about this is it's not a mopar but probably about 10 years ago i was going down the freeway and i saw a guy in a cougar go by and he had that it was totally restored wait like, it was a guy in a cougar or a guy with a cougar a guy in a cougar <laughs> a guy riding a cougar <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, he had that thing like jacked up, skied, ass was stuck up high in the air, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Actually, looked kind of cool, man. It was like a street freak looking car. It just looked way different, you know. Yeah. But I would never do it. But it was cool to see somebody else do it. Yeah, I will say this: as far as the raps go, I do like vinyl raps. As long as they're not too, you know, you can really hit or miss with a vinyl wrap, in my opinion. I've seen some really nice wraps. I think, Blake, you and I were talking about like a chrome wrap or like a brushed yeah. aluminum wrap. That's stu- yeah. that's cool stuff. Uh, it, there's some wraps where I'm like, hey, you could have just bought a giant stupid sticker and put it on the side of your car and you probably went to spend Absolutely. three grand. <laughs> what about, what about a cougar down the side? And then its back legs could be by where the wheel is. Looks like it's running. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like the old uh, old cartoons from back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, like the Scatback B. (laughs) So the guy I sold my last Barracuda to, you know, seventy grand coupe. um, You know, he he just he talks to me all the time. He comes by. uh, I actually have one of his cars here at the shop now, and uh, he's like, you know paint job now paints it's, it's astronomical i think a pint of paint is maybe in excess of a hundred dollars now in our area he told me he said look i, I think i'm going to wrap the car i'm going to wrap it in in a color you know just hit it down with some primer wrap it and do the, you know the full job because it was like comparatively say like twenty two hundred dollars versus ten thousand dollars you know to do a wrap job versus a an all paint job and he said you know, right now, just to get it on the road and enjoy it, I, I think that's the way I'm going to go. They, they can yeah. be made to look really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would imagine, too, you're saving, like, the life of the paint job. I mean, imagine if old school cars, I mean, with the stories you would hear, it's like, oh, I found this car in a barn, and it was wrapped, and I peeled the wrap off, and the paint job was, like, brand new, you know? Mm-hmm. How cool would that be? But the quarters were still rotting off of it. Yeah. <laughs> the rat was holding it together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, what's rust? <laughs> oh, man. That, yeah. You can get a wrap that That's has rust. Weight reduction to go faster, right? Yeah. 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 What, Braden, what's your opinion on this new stuff? What do you think about it? Like, what? The motors? I mean, the cars wraps, in general. Things like that. I mean, yeah. There are some things I'm kind of lost at. I, I think it's just because being older, you, you, there's days where you have guys come to me and, oh, well, I'm a tuner. Well, I just plug this into the car and it tells me, you know, what's wrong with the diagnostic. Well, if you can't open an, open a hood, you know, start a motor up for like an example. 
most people know that most Hollies, for example, they have a uh, sucking sound. Edelbrocks have a tick suck sound. Well, if you know these, for example, these new kids, all they do is they plug plug this into the car, and that's that. So I think you know there's some things that are being lost with newer vehicles. Sure. But at the same yeah. time, I think there's things that like newer kids can gain. But I think you know you have to learn the basics and that's dealing with a naturally aspirated engine before you deal with all these fuel injected power monsters in my opinion. I don't know. I mean, I guess if somebody wants to call me an asshole, then so be it. But I mean, it's, I kind of feel like it's, it's a dying art with these new vehicles. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. I, I mean, the uniqueness of these cars as well. Like I remember, um, my buddy, Eric, he's got a 69 Roadrunner, 383 in it. He had a 440 in it. I don't remember what she had in at the time. I think it was a 383, but his stepdad had one of those. And I want to say this was in the 90s, uh, Cadillac SVS or something like that. Like one of the the really fast Cadillac, the one that's got all the sharp angles on it. Uh, and V, right? Like a SVS uh, or CTS. Cadillac CTS. Well, yeah, maybe that's it. But he would so he talked shit on my buddy Eric, who drove the original, you know, tour red primer spots all over the car, you know, old '69 Roadrunner that you know he could beat his ass. So of course my buddy's like, bring it, and they race, and the Roadrunner whooped that car's ass, you know. And the, so the cars from the '60s, I mean, they dominated. Long, long past their their time. You know, you figure like a car comes out in about five to ten years, it's sort of like a dominant force for the time. Like, you know, let's say scat packs or hellcats or or demons or whatever are right now. Uh, but back then it was like all of the emission bullshit that happened in the early set or mid seventies, early to mid seventies, it sort of just killed all of the performance for so long that people weren't really people that were performance minded weren't going after new cars at that time. They were always reaching back to the sixties, you know, and those cars just, they dominated for, you know, 20 or 30 years before these new cars started to come along and they started to really get super fast, you know, and start making a lot of power um, like they are today. So it does feel like, you know, I mean, we had a good run (laughs) and it, it feels like we're getting uh we're becoming archaic. We're becoming the Model A's and the Model T's or whatever of, you know, uh, what what those cars are to us guys that love the 60s and 70s cars. We're, I guess, in a way sort of becoming. But, hey, you know, even though, like Mike pointed out a few times how fast these new Hellcats are and stuff, um, you know, they're still, they're still a pretty dominant force. And we're putting up a good fight. I think the old school cars are still putting up a good fight and still – you know, still relevant on the drag strip and and uh, still relevant on the streets. So we'll see for how long we can last. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, they're they're fast. There's no doubt about that. But I'll tell you this right now, and then Blake, you can go ahead. Yeah. You will never ever mark my words. You will never ever see the modern Mopars in the same position as we see the old ones you're never going to find a barn a barn find hellcat i just don't see that happening these cars are so filled with electronics that as soon as they start to shit the bed they're going to be stacking those hellcats and challengers and and the v6 ones they're going to be stacking them at the wrecking yards because nobody's going to want to (laughs) fix you know all the electronical bs that's inside them once it starts getting you know 200 000 miles somebody somebody out there has to have 
a newer Mopar with 300,000 miles. If not, then we already know where everything's headed to the wrecking yard. Because if you can't keep one of those things running <laughs> for 300,000 yeah. miles, it's a goner. I, I can't imagine having to deal with all those electronics and shit. I don't know. DIY Hemi might be supplying like full, you know, bumper to bumper harnesses by then. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Johnny. <laughs> it's just a possibility. Uh-huh. I know a guy. <laughs> you know a guy, yeah. yeah. No, we enjoy that. You know, I think we spend a lot of time comparing the old and the new, but what I like about combining the old and the new is that you kind of get the best of both worlds. Just like you said, you, you pull up at a red light and you're in a duster, you know, you're in a duster and it's just chopping away. And there's a brand new SRT challenger right there next to you. It's six, four, you know, maybe not a Hellcat or anything like that, but, um, yeah, it's a high likelihood that the, the new challenger is going to walk away. But when you are going down the block, what's going to snap the next? What's going to turn the heads? Yeah. Probably going to be that old A-body, you know? Yeah. So to your point, you know, we're looking at all this electronics and the automation, and it's great. It's it's every bit as reliable as the old school. But what the era that we're kind of getting into is we have to be – very crafty and creative you know we kind of live in a softer world than back then yeah so um you you got to have the best of both worlds and what i mean by that is you know as you're you know to your point earlier talking about you know kids just you know plugging an obd port and well it can't tell me what's wrong so it's i can't fix it you know and then you have some of the older generations has been like um well i want to just i just want to listen to it i want to hear it and smell it and you know if it's beyond that i don't want to look at computers and and that's that's newfangled you know whatever you know i look at it from i think the us on this podcast right now we're kind of in that optimal era right now where we understand the old school we can walk behind the car and be like man that thing is running rich as hell like my eyes are watering like you know you could listen to it you could hear what's going on like that's not right you know, it's and it's detonating. It's detonating right now. I could look at it and I could tell it's detonating. Like, who's your tuner? Like, what what did you do? Like, you know, that's not where you want to be running. You know, if you have that mindset, it makes you so much more of a capable modern tuner. So you can make adjustments and you can see, well, this is what's going on. Like, you don't have to sit there and wait for feedback. And to be honest, the computer's not always going to tell you the answer. You know, it's going to say, hey, circuit high open. Well, that doesn't tell you what's wrong. You have to understand how things work mechanically. Just like you said, you know, squeeze, suck, bang, blow, right? The old internal combustion. And <laughs> no. I like it when you talk dirty, Blake. <laughs> hey, man, hey, get your mind out the gutter. I'll keep it there. It'll be fine. You know? um, but you, you have to know. You have to have that, that mindset of how things work and the flexibility to, to kind of bo- work both ends of the spectrum. And we're talking about long-term burnt born fines. It kills me. It eats me up when someone just drops down a big wad of cash. Let, let me go buy that demon and let me go stick it in a corner somewhere because electronics do deteriorate. I mean, it, it's just a fact of like, it's going to happen. You know, the insulation degrades over time. It's just going to happen. Is it going to be easier in the future to get an old 30 year old demon on the road? Hell no. Like the, the old stuff from the sixties and the seventies, it's going to, I mean, it's going to live forever. 
but it's limited. Unfortunately, the technology has brought power and performance to what it is today. So it's the trade-off, right? You can go 100% old school and it'll probably last forever, right? It's, it's the old chiseling stone. You know, it's not going to wear away. It's not going to wilt away. But when you're talking about fuel atomization, you're talking about ignition, you're talking about all these, the, the most optimal power out of every single molecule of fuel, new school, it's the, the technology, the science is there. Unfortunately, it's not a lifetime science, you know? So you make that decision when you, you make that swap. And from like the air arena that I'm in, really, it's all about, hey, I want to get in and crank this car up. And I know I have X amount of power on tap. I know I can go wherever I want in comfort. And I know I still have the looks of the old school. It's all right here. So it's like the best of everything. I get the fuel mileage. I get the power. I get the reliability. I get the the overall aesthetics of a cool ass old school Mopar. Right. And it's a balance game. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You're right, Chris. 30 years, it's going to be hard as hell to start that demon that's been sitting in the barn. You know, another thing about it is aside from, say, the demon, which is almost like kryptonite, you know, it's hard to find, hard to get a hold of. You can go buy a new Mopar and get it off the shelf. So the kind of the respect levels down a little bit compared to the old school, because the, if it's made it for 50 years, it's survived for 50 years. That's kind of a badge of honor right there. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the new. Like my block in my truck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, Blake, you're actually in a great position right now with DIY Hemi, I think, because, uh, man, with the crate motors coming out and all these cars, like we've talked about this many times, but it, it just, it has to be said again with all these modern cars with hemis the jeeps too uh, mm-hmm. all man i wish i was in your position dude i i know what you're doing you're sitting back like eh, i'm just gonna go ahead and get myself set up here and when you guys are ready i'll be here for you i know what you're doing dude i like it though i like it i think johnny's right you need to start working on these bumper to bumper harnesses i think there's something there i think <laughs> there's something now. there dude you just sit back and get it i mean you got plenty of time plenty of time get it <laughs> developed get it developed and then when people start complaining about it like fuck i found a challenge blah 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 in 20 years they'll be like i found a 2017 challenger rt dude it's really clean but it's all you know jacked up with the electronics and old blake diyhemi.com i'll still be podcasting like <laughs> diyhemi.com guys like, <laughs> your sponsors D- will be D- like <laughs> yeah yeah you're good at what you do blake i appreciate that it's it's a it's a passion for all things you know I just, I love them all, man. And I I want people to really enjoy them. And my biggest thing is my biggest pet peeve is drive them. Don't stash them away and collect dust. You know, that's just my biggest pet peeve is I get it. Like you don't want to get a scratch on you. I get it. But really, is that what it's made for? Just drive it. Enjoy the shit out of it. Absolutely. Mike, Mike wants to know how we feel about LS swaps. Uh, Actually, I think they're really great and everything except Mopars. So Fox in the hen house, I did that for like eight years, <laughs> right? I did LS swaps for like eight years. Um, you know, I knew the ins and outs of them. Um, I have, I still have all this, like the specialized tools and stuff. Um, I enjoyed them. LSC tens. It was great. Um, 
I will say this, that the LS crowd, forgive me, they are much more sharing and forgiving than the Mopar crowd. So (laughs) in the LS world, if they figure out how to do one thing, if they could figure out how to start an LS with a paperclip, there's going to be 55,000 forum posts and blogs and, you know, how to tutorials and everything from, you know, here to Timbuktu on it. In the Mopar world, if they figure out a trick or how to make something work with kind of these Gen 3s, people keep it to themselves. And they're like, well, I, I want to be the only one. I want to be the fastest. I want to be the best, you know? And that was one thing that struck me as just odd. It's like, oh, man, do you realize how we could really just decimate the LS world? You know, like if we just talked about the swaps with one another and kind of shared our secrets. And that's happening now. There's a whole movement now. You get online and there's forums, blogs like, well, 30 people will chime in to help you. It was not like that five years ago. When I started DIY Hemi, people were very tight lipped very tight lit and you're getting more power just from the overall design of the third generation Hemi you're getting more power than LS they can really put the the power to the road they can really make good things happen it was always just a technology and an information limited field right so everybody was sharing ls out the wazoo nobody was sharing hemi stuff the hemi the ls stuff just blew by us it's 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 way out there you know i think holly makes a gazillion products for ls swapping anything under the sun but notice what's happening right now holly almost every week puts out a new hemi swap product almost every week wow. you know they are really stepping up the game because they see what we see. They see what's coming. Yeah. Now that this whole community is surrounding this new technology, they know, oh man, the wave is coming. Like these people want performance parts. These people want options. You now have Holly aluminum oil pans specifically for swaps. When for years you only had one company that made a swap oil pan. You know, you have accessory drives, intake manifolds, exhaust manifolds, engine mount brackets, all this stuff that was not very available in the past. The fire is coming. It is coming. And Moparty is like the biggest thing about it. You know, right. They Moparty, in my opinion, was Holly's answer to their very own LS Fest. LS Fest was so successful. They said, well, what can we do for the Chryslers? What can we do for Mopar? And that's why me and old Matt are going to have a little showdown at Moparty because I think it's about all things Mopar, but there's a very heavy tilt or tip of the hat towards Gen 3 Hemi swaps there. And his car's got the Gen 3 in it. My car's got the Gen 3 in it. His car's lighter. You know, I think he's going to take me in the quarter mile. My car is just a little bit lower, maybe do a little bit better in the twisties. I don't know. We're going to see what happens, but it's a head to head. We got two, five, seven Hemis. We're going to go out there and have a blast and share the love. And so show how reliable these things are, how easy it is to do the swap. It's, it's there, man. It really is there. So when you're asking about LS, that's my long winded story is I think the gig is up guys. I mean, so, so I have I have an opinion. I have an opinion. I think I think the reason LSs are extremely popular, especially like in today, especially like with um, you know all the the 
freaking Street Outlaw stuff. Like turbos are, I mean, Street Outlaws has basically shown that turbos are the shit. You know, that's mm-hmm. the freaking next level. And I think with LSs, it's so easy to put a turbo set on a or turbo kit on a LS motor and make gobs of power for virtually no money. I mean. I think that's one of the biggest allures to going with an LS, and I still I haven't I haven't seen anything uh, Mopar wise. Like I don't know of any like simple turbo kit that you could slap onto a third gen Hemi and you know plug and play and make tons of power go out to the drag strip. You know, and you're like boom, you're in the seven eight hundred maybe higher horsepower level for no money. I think that's going to be the game changer when DIY Hemi comes up with that kit. I think uh, I think we're going to be looking at third gen Hemi's as a serious competition to uh, LS swaps. And I agree. Funny, I agree. Johnny, is I've actually a couple months ago I started modeling some turbo manifolds. Uh-oh. So. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. For everything you need to know about this podcast or to listen and subscribe to the show, please visit TalkingMopars.com. And don't forget that you can send me your Mopar stories, questions, comments, complaints, suggestions, and everything else on your Mopar-addicted mind to Chris at TalkingMopars.com. Or leave me a voice message on my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR to hear yourself on the show. Finally, a very special thanks to my friends over at Hemipages.com, Chuck and Matt McMurray. Definitely check out their work. One last thing before we wrap it up here. There are a couple of ways that you can help support what I do here on Talking Mopars and the Mopar Hunter 2. The first way is by jumping over to the website, TalkingMopars.com, and checking out the Talking Mopars merchandise shop. There you're going to find all the current Talking Mopars merchandise, so go give the merch shop a little look-see and possibly grab yourself or even someone you know something cool. The second way to help support the show and my work is by going to the Mopar Hunter Facebook page and becoming a supporter for only $4.99 a month, which breaks down to like $1.25 a week or around $0.17 per day, you will get exclusive access to supporter-only content that is coming soon, such as bonus podcast episodes, bonus video content, bonus live streams, exclusive access to the supporters-only group, the Mopar Hunters Association, monthly giveaways, and posts of all my finds of Mopars for sale, Mopar collectibles, and Mopar parts that you will only see if you are a supporter. They are not posted publicly on the Mopar Hunter Facebook page, so consider becoming a supporter today and help me out. Being a supporter of mine is a big help in keeping this Mopar machine running and will help me to provide even better content moving forward. So thank you for your support, and thank you for listening. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.